Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of the two part QA with Loop Finance about the Terra Development Fund, products, tokenomics, and roadmap. Hosted by Rarma. Let's take a listen. We on like Donkey Kong. Hello, hello. We're just going to give uh, the people a few minutes to get in here. Uh, recorded session. So. We'll uh, just give everyone a little while to jump in, and then we'll we'll kind of get started after we see a few people get in. Sweet, Robbo, what's going on? Robbo's here. He's going to uh, he's going to co-host, assist. He said he's going to try and uh, sit in the background tonight, but we know and love Robbo, so I expect nothing less than his full attention. Good evening to my uh, little friends down under, my little two cousins there. Hope you guys are well. Saturday night, boys. We're doing all right, yeah. Oh, stressed, man. <laughs> All this stuff I have to deal with now. I'm in the middle of a move overseas and uh, and you know, building out a team in Eclipse. So it's been pretty crazy, but I right. jump on to address everything going on. And you've, you, a, you're I'm doing all that. You're doing all that, and you've got a tension hose fucking coming at you left, right, and center. Uh, we'll see, Rama. We'll see. I'm a, I'm full chilled. I'm I'm relaxed. I'm, I'm tipping back beers. I'm in holiday mode. I'm driving to the snow tomorrow. The opposite direction to to Simon here, and uh, and Simon's full, he's he's prepared. He, he's full away. He knows I'm coming at him guns blazing. So you know it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I like it, man. Look, I, I don't know. Every, I don't <laughs> answer to every question, right? Uh, it's always a thing. But I think there's some really good education to, that can go on here. You know, um, there's a lot of things that maybe, and I mean, you know, there's a lot of people, and I've noticed a lot of posts of people that haven't necessarily gone through a lot of the content that we've been putting out for a long time. Like we've done what, like 45 bloody YouTube AMAs and lots of articles and lots of stuff that we covered a lot of things, uh, which is useful. But I, I think it's great. I think having these questions is important. I just, um, and I'll cover it in a little bit. I think, I think it's, it's this fine line, right? And, and, you know, one thing I love about Juno is that you guys, uh, you know, call out projects and do all this sort of stuff. But there's also like the opposite side of the coin where you can actually put off projects wanting to build on the ecosystem if it's too hard and too early, if that makes sense. So it is. Yeah. You have to be. It's, you have uh, to be very careful, guys. Right now, people are chasing clout. People are chasing followers. Uh, there's an absolute shameless movement right now on Twitter. Where, if you look at content, and what we want to classify as content, and and what's there, just you know, just for the shock tactics, just for the followers, versus what's actually like relevant right now. Yeah, and I think you know part of this is uh, you know I I kind of to an extent have uh, I, I feel a, a, an element of uh, blame uh, for this stuff. Like I don't think we really had people in the community or ecosystem kind of 
to the extent that people do now where like people do like an element of research and stuff uh, before they kind of come out and, and provide information to the community. And, and that's why I put out a post the other day, just being like, Hey, like I understand the intent. I, I think it's really good. Let's look after the community. But uh, I don't think people realize the the effort that I put into my posts and like the threads in the medium articles, like minimum 20 hours effort before I even go public with anything uh, except for like the validator one on Evmos the other day, which was a very, clear cut case, like 10 minutes research, 15 minutes research. Uh, I still went and checked with validators and like went and checked archive nodes and, you know, the evidence and stuff before I posted it. But like, you need to be certain of this stuff before we kind of come out. And I'm more than happy for the community to come out and ask questions. Uh, and, you know, if they have questions, ask them, like be direct about it. Hell yeah. Like I expect nothing less, but let's, let's be careful about how we communicate things like, uh, calling project shit and, you know, the terror development fund shit, uh, because I think that uh, it, it can be unhealthy for the ecosystem, especially in a time when there's a lot of building happening. And I, I know there is, and you won't agree with everything that comes on board to Juno. You won't agree with everything that comes into the terror development fund. That's fine. But I think there's good projects that are coming on board and good projects that are looking to come on board. And we, the, the way that the ecosystem or some of the people in the community are at the moment could turn people off. And that, that was the reason for my post was like, do it, but maybe we change the way in which we approach it, myself included. So then we don't turn away potentially good projects and, and people who are coming to the ecosystem because of the way that we act. We have to be very careful about pseudo trolls. I mean, Simon, the CT is full of pseudo trolls. No, we have to be very careful. Yeah, actually, um, Pupmos added a good thing. He's like, if there's not getting engagement, don't engage. But some of them were, and, and, and there's valid questions to be answered. Um, and, and I think there's this fine line between accountability, and, and Juno really needs, especially being a permissionless chain. I know, you know, there's been a lot of rug pulls come through the chain. There's been a lot of stuff. But we've got to make sure, obviously, that if stuff's getting attacked, that we're not attacking everything that comes to the chain as well. Because then you push off projects that want to come and build. And on, honestly, like, people don't realize how hard it is to get um, projects to come on build on L1s. How many L? Oh, I got oh, muted. I think. Yeah, I think that was Robo. Robo fat fingered. I, I don't think people re appreciate or realize how hard it is for um, ecosystems and layer ones to acquire projects and deal flow. Like, this is like massive competition and massive, um, like, uh, you know, big grant funds and all this sort of stuff to acquire projects. I mean, you know, uh, even it's obviously different to the bull market, but like Near Fund had, you know, an eight hundred million dollar like. You know, fun to bring on projects. It, when when Terra collapsed, like every single chain in crypto was like it was like a blood, you know, a, a, a bloodhounds, right? Looking like calls with every single ecosystem in crypto. And I think it's it's important to as well appreciate like the work that like Kevin and and the team did to acquire many of these projects to come on board, because really it is really really hard to do. Yeah, so I think um, we'll probably get started now. I think we've got kind of sufficient people on board to kind of kick off. Um, I did want to start with um, a bit of a kind of uh, overall intro from myself. Um, this is the first kind of, you know, semi-formal Q&A types, you know, situation that I've done on a spaces. So just bear with me. It's probably not going to be the highest of standards, but uh, deal with me. Um, I'm enjoying my holidays, having a beer, uh, and I've got some topics that I think we want to talk about. So here we are. Uh, the first thing is the Terra Developer Fund. Uh, for me, as my opinion, uh, when this proposal came up, I saw this as like a rescue package. So 
an agreement from the Juno community that we would provide X amount of dollars to bring over a, a, a wide range or a broad range of Terra projects and dev teams to Juno, and we would fund them to do that. There was no expectation of uh, exactly how that would operate or what that would be, but we put the hands uh, we put the money in the hands of the representatives in that multisig to control the outcomes of that money. My vote was for yes, let's be the helping hand uh, for people who have just had their entire life ripped out from underneath them, uh, and the people that were on the multisig were responsible for the outcomes. That was the way I saw it, and that was the way I voted for it. And the responsibility is on us as the community to judge those outcomes. That's fair. Uh, and to monitor the outcomes and the expenditure. That is our responsibility. And ensure that the people on the multi-sig are just spending that money correctly in a way, in a way that we agree with. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Loop is the first project to actually go live from the Terra Developer Fund that has had uh, substantial funding. Feel free to jump in anytime, guys. Uh, happy to be corrected. Uh, that's my understanding. Uh, and for me, we've been live for like a day or two. Like, let's maybe just chill out and give the team a little bit of time to. Uh, for the users to claim their airdrops, for the the, to the platforms to get some um, uptake. We're going to have people who just straight up sell and leave, and that's fine. We funded that knowing that would happen, right? These people got destroyed, the users of Loop, the users of Terra. They're looking for money and liquidity to try and recoup some of their costs. It's inevitable, right? What we're doing is bringing Mama. platforms. Oh. Yo. Also, Rama, though, like, I mean, this conversation, I'm not going to say it's like three months too late, but there was a point in time to actually have this in a more fitting public discourse uh, environment than, than what we are now after releases and stuff like that. I mean, there were conversations to be had like a long time ago if people wanted to go there rather than Correct. just chase clout. Yeah, and, and I think part of this is there's a responsibility on the community. Right, the the DAOs are all public. The, the DAOs were communicated publicly. You can go in and you can see the eighteen proposals now that have been put up for vote. And if you ever had a concern or an issue with any of those things, you could raise them to the multisig, to relevant community members, and say, "Hey, is this amount of money being allocated a responsible spend?" and have a discussion on it. As far as I'm aware, none of that happened. So, uh, for me, uh, I think that um, I just want to kind of touch on that, and that was the overall Terra Developer Fund thing. Uh, I want to go through a, a couple of names of projects that have been onboarded from Terra Developer Fund because I think that uh, there's this broader uh, sentiment around the Terra Developer Fund that they haven't executed or delivered value. Uh, so the first uh, product that's been uh, bought in for Terra Developer Fund is Cato Money. So the Fiat on-ramp op-ramp. My understanding is that's not live yet, but it is very, very close. There's been an active beta. That is massive value to Juno, without question. Leap Wallet, again, uh, somehow I keep not being privy to any of these betas. Uh, Leap Wallet, not privy. I'm not that important, obviously. Um, my head's bigger than the door. Um, Leap Wallet, massive value to the community and the ecosystem, uh, and I hear very, very good things about Leap Wallet. Subquery. 
Uh, not overly across this one. I think this is a little bit more of a, a kind of tech based one. I should be across it. Can I add yeah, absolutely? Can I add yeah, this one? Subquery yeah. is really, really important, and people don't realize this stuff. But for building on Juno is quite tough. Like we we had a lo- we've had a lot of struggles uh, coming over, especially due to the existing infrastructure. Like Terra had built out a lot of this kind of infrastructure. You know, they had the Mantle server, they had a lot of stuff. Um, you know, we had issues with that when we were on Terra, sure. Um, but there's a lot of things that weren't necessarily built out, which need to be built out to be able to kind of operate efficiently. And subquery was one of the ones that we we were struggling on Terra with um, Mantle Server, which was the TFL public, public uh, goods infrastructure. Um, we were having a lot of, like this actually caused a lot of bugs for us on Terra because we were running on public infrastructure and we had a lot of data and it kept overloading and um, you know, Astroport was building on, on, on stuff and Mirror and it just kept crashing and it, we were getting lots of bugs. Uh, and so we actually brought in subquery from Polkadot, right, and partnered with them for them to build out, uh, you know, two, uh, basically two servers for us. Um, and so they were really essential to that. And then when we went to Juno, we needed like a lot of this infrastructure as well to be able to build. So we actually brought, you know, subquery was one of the ones that we proposed to bring on to help build this underlying infrastructure to make it easier for projects to build Um and so, yeah, that's they're really important. They're the kind of ones. That Simon, get- Simon, can I just interject and check with you though? When when did the launch uh, the services on Terra? Was it May the ninth? I think with subquery, I think that's the sticking point for a lot of community members is when they actually deployed right the indexing services, uh, which was May the ninth, which was like pretty much the same time as the implosion, right? I think maybe that's probably a little bit of a talking point in the community. And, and this is from like a, a third party outsider here. I've got no vested interests in this except for just Juno, but I'm sure they, they only launched the indexing services May the 9th. And I think that might be a bit of an issue. And the question there would just be around the timing, right? Like were they invested enough in the Terra ecosystem to justify a, a Terra development fund uh, grant, right, essentially? Yeah. And I think, and I, know, I wasn't a part of that. Like, you know, the understanding of that side of things is maybe uh, probably the wrong person to ask that question. Yeah. And, but I do yeah, know that and, we were quite involved with them from a kind of early yeah. perspective. And and as we know with development, and I'm not sticking up for subquery or or the you know appointment of those funds. Development happens before go live, right? So there's significant investment prior to them going mainnet. So there could be a justification for it there. I have no idea. I'm not across that particular one. I'm just naming what's currently in the uh, Dow Dow uh, as things that we're kind of funding and if we think they're valuable. Uh, WeFund.app, uh, crowdfunding, again, not sure of that one, not sure where that one's up to. Uh, Queenhall.org, Juno integration, uh, fair enough. Aqua on Juno, I'm big fans of Aqua, but I also agree that they probably shouldn't have funding. They did get wrecked by Luna, but they also were on Juno and then left to go to Terra and then came back and got funding. So I'm uh, I'm not overly supportive of that one, but I think their mission is good. Uh, and again, just want to reference back that this is like, we need help and we got destroyed. We were coming to you for help. And that was the whole premise of, of the funding for that one in particular. Uh, prop number nine, and I'm not going to go through every single one of these. I'm just trying to name projects. Uh, Loop Finance first payment is prop nine on the Dow Dow. Uh, and I just want to reference here, just quickly, the first payment is for two hundred and thirty-three thousand uh, for Loop. Uh, we then have Trador's uh, game and NFT project, uh, Talus NFT marketplace, Skip Money, 
uh, Fan Fury and uh, Loop Finance second payment, which was rejected because it was incorrectly submitted, and then the actual second Loop Finance payment for another $233,000. So uh, just quickly, Simon, and hopefully you have the answer to this, as far as you're aware, those are the only two payments to Loop currently, which is the sum of $466,000. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. This right. sounds like a court case. <laughs> no, no. So that, I'm joking. That's the entire point. No, no. So this yeah. is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get. And I'm, I'm very factual, right? So yeah. Yeah, numbers like $1.2 million being thrown around. The agreement is for $1.2 million. The current uh, expenditure is $466,000. Okay. So I just want to make that very clear. There is still an outstanding $800,000 that if the community decided, could potentially be removed if they're not happy with the situation. And this is where I play both sides, the community side and uh, four projects coming on to Juno, uh, and you have to deal with it because I'm the host. <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying, right? The, the $1.2 million has not been handed to, to Luke to go and do whatever they want with. It's being paid in installments, and so far they've had two. Uh, the last one is White Whale, uh, Terror Development Fund for White Whale. Uh, just opening up the prop. Uh, looks like flash loans, uh, and they want a hundred thousand dollars. So you know, reasonable amount of money, but nothing too extravagant. Uh, so that's kind of the rundown of the the Dow Dow payments to date and the projects that they're looking to bring on board uh, currently. Uh, and the Dow currently still holds six hundred and seventy three thousand Juno, right at a current price of. The market's tanked. So, what's the actual price of Juno? It's probably half as much. No, well, it's, it's, gone up, it's gone up now. Like it, yeah. it's paid in Juno, not US dollars. So it's paid in uh, like Juno at the. So time. we're getting way more value for our dollar currently because the price has gone up. Yeah. yeah so we yeah. still have like three point seven million dollars in the Terra Developer Fund, right? Which is a substantial amount of money. And my thoughts would be that, and slightly off topic for what we're doing today, is the Terra, uh, the Terra, the Juno Ecosystem Growth Fund. Uh, could potentially look to leverage some of this money, right? If we wanted to, or take some of it rather than taking it away from incentives. Side topic, back on topic now. Um, right. So uh, I wanted to go through the Dow Dow just to kind of set the record straight. I think there's some very, very good projects in there that I went through that are bringing value to Juno. Uh, and that current expenditure for Loop in particular is $466,000. Uh, I just wanted to hand over to Simon quickly. Uh, you've talked a little bit so far, but I don't think the community necessarily know, uh, the wider community may not know who you are and what your role is. Uh, so if you just want to jump in, give yourself an intro uh, as to kind of how long you've been at Loop, what your role is, um, how you've been involved in kind of the early days of, of Loop, uh, the Terra component of it, and then the migration over to Juno, that would be fantastic. Yeah, hi everyone, I'm Simon. <laughs> you might see me on the spaces a lot. Like my role is very, uh, very broad, uh, and I do a lot of things for Loop, especially uh, on social media. Um, I, I want to help. I want to first off, before I fully introduce myself, Rama, and say there's, there's also other, you know, obviously projects um, that helped on board that didn't get the development fund, um, which are also a lot of uh, great value to Juno, uh, such as Lavana um, and uh, and more. And so they they've been kind of great additions as well to. Uh, to the Juno ecosystem, but it's kind of it kind of came over as a package as well. A lot of projects 
Um, you know, obviously we're very good friends with with Cardo and Leap and Levana and, and many of these, and and helped to kind of get a lot of these guys over over the line, which was really cool. Uh, I think you know, obviously uh, Austin helped with this. I know that you know Kevin was there and I was there, and we were able to you know even chat to Levana and get those guys over the line, uh, which was important. Uh, but to kind of introduce who I am and what I do, um, I'm uh, you know I'm the head of Loop Learn, so I spent so been with Loop since. Uh, September to October last year, <coughs> back on Terra. And I kind of came in from almost like a smaller perspective, came on to be, uh, to, to kind of run the AMAs, uh, be some public PR, and to build out Loop Learn, which started as something fairly small, but turned into something quite big, actually. Um, so the idea was, you know, came in, I was like, you know, this would be a great um, idea to gain exposure, would be to create an earn to learn education platform to educate new users into crypto. And the idea was that we would, you know, help create these videos uh, and then onboard users through this platform, um, both to uh, obviously learn about crypto, especially when, you know, we're obviously in the heart of the bull market back then too. And then to learn about DeFi, learn about Terra, uh, and then, you know, build out some uh, cool incentive models for them to come on and and use the products, but also uh, to to learn about DeFi with actions so they would be able to, uh, you know, learn about farming and then they have to go and perform an action, which is farming. And then they would uh, receive, you know, uh, like a reward, like tokens or an NFT. We're still working on that model. There's a lot of things to kind of fletch out from a, um, like a avoiding wallet abuse perspective. Right. Um, and so, you know, started building that out and grew it to something a lot bigger than it was in the original first place, pitched t- the team at TFL, um, Terraform Labs. And, managed to get them to commit $1.6 million over a year to funding these videos. Um, and they had an animation team behind it. And these videos were very expensive to make, like 15K per video US, like really, really high level. Uh, if I hadn't gone that funding, would have done those videos at you know a lower cost, um, would have done some whiteboard animations. It would have still been expensive, but it would have been lower. Um, but obviously, <laughs> Terra was like, hey, he's, he, he, we're going to pay for all of this pitch them the vision there was a couple of hiccups there where a couple of staff members left and i had to repitch the new the new team members on on this vision for loop learn which was really about onboarding new users to the platform and creating like a free education platform that acted as a massive lead magnet right and you know i i busted my ass and i built 30 34 videos in a couple of months we rebuilt an lms a learning management system sure there's a lot of learnings there's still a lot of kind of improvements um, and that was starting to take traction, starting to take place, and then Terra crashed. So that wasn't too fun. Uh, I also, you know, was involved quite heavily in the workings behind the scenes in different parts of Loop. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I work like an animal. <laughs> I work way too much. Um, and just, you know, really passionate about, you know, the vision of Loop and using my skills to be able to kind of move that forward. You know, helped a lot in the early days of, of revamping the tokenomics and, uh, you know, really communication and videos and education and trying to uh, really paint the vision of Loop and making that ecosystem understandable. Because what happens is I think a lot of users look at Loop and they don't fully understand the different moving pieces and they're like kind of scale at which Loop is building because we've built a lot of stuff and there's a lot of products and there's a lot of value there. But understanding it and understanding the vision is super important to actually understanding the entire uh, entire picture. It's like, oh, you're just a DEX. No, not just a DEX. There's so many moving parts, different products that complement each other and innovations within that, which aren't built in one day. They're massive, massive um, you know, projects. Like even the NFT marketplace, I'm, I'm not sure how many of you have used it, 
sure there's only the main you know the original stake like the the um, current staking mechanism but that thing's a beast that's been in development for like for almost a year it's it's a monster of a platform um and i think you know you just have to also give it time to see some of these things roll out and to see all the pieces of the decks like the current decks that we've launched we haven't launched staking we haven't launched the farming wizard we haven't launched you know the lp bonds and the nft lp bond functionalities on the nft marketplace there's a ton of stuff that has not been launched yet so i think it's really important to kind of give that patience to actually see all the the pieces behind the scenes that have been built um at these important I want to add on secondary, um, and, and I know that Rama and some of those that have been in the space with me understand some of the auxiliary pieces. Uh, this is where Eclipse Pad comes into the mix as well, right? Um, and it's understanding that when you're looking at the 1.2 uh, that, that uh, Loop got, yeah, that covers a lot of different products within the Loop ecosystem. It wasn't just the DEX, but it covered the, the DEX, the NFT marketplace, which have different teams, different devs teams, um, and then, you know, Loop Learn, Community, and then Eclipse Pad actually fell in under that umbrella as well. And that's partly due to, uh, you know, the close uh, cross-relationship that Lunar Launcher had with Loop. Um, now it's, all right, it's, Simon, it's, you, you're, jumping, you're jumping on all my questions here. This is the longest intro in history. All right, I want to cut you <laughs> off. Because I know you could talk all day. We've been here before. <laughs> we do have these topics. They're coming up. Uh, I, I do want to just touch on kind of a little bit more of the terror, you know, just briefly on the terror stuff. And then... Uh, specifically like your involvement on the migration over to Juno, um, specifically the engagement from the Terra Developer Fund multi-sig members, if you were involved in that process, uh, how you found that process, and uh, I guess firstly, jump in anytime. Uh, were you involved in that process on mi- migrating over to Juno? Yeah, behind the scenes, I, I was uh, I was the the puppet master behind the scenes. <laughs> but no, honestly, like it was a uh, it was a very interesting time, right? Because we and I've said this on socials, and I know it sounds you know not conceited, but we were talking to a lot of chains. Like we got, um, you know, we got outreach from many many chains in crypto. Some of them even wanted to purchase our tech and white label. Talked to Hedera, Polygon, near um, a lot of you know obviously Cosmos chains. And, you know, there's a lot of grant pro- pro- programs on the table. There was, you know, for those that are aware, there was a lot, there was almost like a bloodhound kind of thing going after Terra projects. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of interest from a lot of ecosystems. But on socials, um, Juno was the loudest, right? And, and that's kind of where I sat was like, every time we put up a poll, Juno was like the front of everything, right? It was, it was Juno community members. They came out in force. They were active. They were loud. And for us, when we we're looking for a new home, it was like, okay, well, we could go to this new ecosystem that we don't really know anyone. Um, we could, you know, start our own chain. Like funding was definitely needed. Like most of our treasury got wiped out. And, you know, we have a team of 40 plus people and we're like, shit, we didn't even know if we're going to, you know, get paid next week, right? It's, and, and people aren't part-time. It's their full-time jobs, right? Um, so we're, we're looking at different ecosystems and there was a lot of back and forth and trying to, you know, kind of make decisions on, on where to go. I'd say Kevin was a massive, massive, uh, proponent for getting that over the line, being just just an awesome BDM guy that worked like an animal, um, reaching out to Terra projects, and then the community showed like a lot of uh, interest and and were loud and and were out there. And I, I think when we were compared to other ecosystems, there what we never saw that support from any other ecosystem. So in my mind, it was like a good fit for us to come to Juno, um, and, and you know move to that ecosystem. And I was kind of behind the scenes trying to uh, get things moving along. Um, because, you know, there was obviously a lot of like, it's a hard decision to make, right? Um, where are you going to go? Where's your new home going to be? 
And so, you know, I really, um, I really, <laughs> I really kind of pushed that behind the scenes to come to Juno. Um, and even though I wasn't engaged in the direct, you know, decision-making process, I think, you know, I helped to kind of smooth out some stuff to, to, um, get that moving along. So yeah, that's, that's my involvement. Yeah, cool. So I guess, um, kind of just quickly, uh, following up on that, uh, with a question, um, the first one, yeah, I think we got most of that answer, the, the why Juno, uh, primarily because of the community. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the community, um, for sure. Like, um. I think Loop, cool. that's been a really big thing. Loop, Loop's been very kind of this family kind of focus, community family kind of focus. And I think we saw a similar kind of synergies with how uh, Loop, uh, how Juno, uh, Juno kind of operated. We've always been seen as kind of like the bit wonky, like a little bit wonky, a little bit funny, um, very community-based, uh, very experimental. And I think that fitted really well into Juno. That's us. I, I keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, we are the experimental chain. We are the, the nutcases of the crypto sphere. We've got all walks of life, uh, and I, I love and appreciate all of it. A uh, little bit sentimental there. I do see lots of requests. Um, we will have a QA section once we get through the kind of the, the questions that I have set here already. Uh, if you do want to uh, come up and ask some questions, I'm happy to field them if you want to voice them. If you don't want to voice them, uh, feel free to DM me. Please don't send through 50 at a time. I will try to get to them. If you hear it answered, if you hear if you hear your question asked and answered, uh, you know, please let me know so I don't go back and try and find it. Uh, I will bring people up to ask questions. Uh, Rama, yes, Rama, I, I do want to like highlight something at this point when Simon's talking about like all of the development when he was talking about you know the the learning, the loop learning and stuff. I would really like to know what countermeasures the the loop team, the management team, or whatever took. <clears throat> to either like uh, pull their belts in a little bit, uh, downsize. Uh, I, I want to, because we're talking about money, you've highlighted the financials, how much they've had, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, I want to know if they turn around and said to their guys, look, guys, you know, we're in this shit a little bit. Uh, we need you guys, you know, on call 18 hours a day for the next few weeks. You might have to work weekends. You know, I, I'm just wondering, yeah, we've got money financial on one side, right, that's been produced from the uh, Terra Development Fund, right? But on the other hand, what did uh, Loop do to ensure that they were getting, like, the maximum, you know, book for their dollar? Yeah, yeah I just, actually, can I just, sorry, I just really need to quick in um, admin thing. Robbo, um, Don Cryptonium would like to join. I didn't realize this is a stupid feature of Twitter. Can you please unblock him so he can join the spaces? Apparently, if you're... I will. Host, he can't join, I will, but which is I bet you Simon's laughing. I bet you Simon's <laughs> laughing. He's blocked. He's been blocked all week. I'll, I'll unblock him now. Non-stop. Like, uh. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'd like... Uh, I, I didn't know that was a thing. If you, if it's a co-host blocks someone, they can't join. Uh, thank you. Um, feel free to jump in. I'll take care. <laughs> I'll take care. In the meantime, to answer your question, Robbo, yeah. It was, it was actually like when it happened, we're like, everyone was like, oh, wow. Are we just going to like... Uh, I mean, and, and many of the team, we also lost a significant amount of money uh, being heavily invested in Terra too. So many of us were like, oh, shit, we just lost all our, lost all our investments. And plus, we don't know if we're going to have a, have a job next week. Um, we actually immediately cut down. Uh, basically, everybody got cut down 75%. Um, as far as like working weekends, I think we all work already like 100 hours a week. So uh, <laughs> it's like uh, it's, there's, there's not much more that you can kind of like uh, take on from that, but everybody got cut down seventy five percent. We had a lot of contractors, so uh, from you know the the 
the dev perspective, like we've got quite a big base of dev contractors, both Web 2 uh, and kind of Web 3, um, that, uh, you know, were able to kind of scale down. I wasn't involved in the decision-making process behind those financials and that sort of stuff. So I'm not the person to kind of ask with any of that stuff, but I know that we did get cut down uh, in terms of like salaries and everything. Everybody got, you know, you know, cut down uh, 75%. And I know there was a really big focus on trying to keep as many of the team members as possible, um, especially like being a family and in terms of the fact that most um, people are, uh, you know, obviously this is their main source of income. So, you know, obviously being very aware of that uh, was very important. So I hope that answers your question uh, from that perspective. More than enough. Yeah, 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 more than enough. That's that's just, that's basically like the only question I had for you really, Simon. <laughs> To be honest, it's like, okay, what did those guys do? Uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, thanks. Um, so my next question, this kind of might go a little bit too far back. Uh, I'm not sure how long you've been at Loop, Simon. Uh, do you know about Tribe? I don't know much about Tribe. I know I know that was the first iteration of the um, Loop community over on EOS. And I know that that was uh, one of uh, Tom's projects back on EOS. And then that migrated over to Loop and um, became more than that. But that's kind of uh, it's further back than my time. I just yeah, know that true. a lot of community members and writers came back, came over from Tribe. So that was the original kind of um, concept with the community. And that kind of morphed into Loop um, with a lot of those writers coming over. Okay, cool. Thanks. I'm more than happy to kind of field those questions and uh, hold a session with Tom. Understand you may not know all those questions. So I think uh, let's, I, I will, I'm happy to follow up with Tom and, and kind of follow that that line of questioning. I, I won't burden you with stuff that you may not know. Um, just quickly around uh, Loop on Terra, just because I, I, I'd like to know a little bit of the background. I think this kind of sets a bit of the scene for the Juno ecosystem. Um, you said you've got about 40 developers currently on uh, Loop across the various platforms? Not 40 devs, 40 team members. 40 team so members, sorry. Yep. We have a lot of different uh, different roles from marketing to, uh, you know, moderation to BDM to um, to devs to, you know, project management designers, all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, yep. we've got a fair Do you have an idea of the, the split there in terms of, like, developers who are, who are doing code versus, you know, uh, marketers, mods, management? I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but we do, we do still have a fair bit of uh, devs and we've got a, ability to scale up and scale down devs as well. Simon Simon used to have uh, a fairly big dev company, uh, so he's able to kind of bring, uh, you know, kind of devs on contract. And But I know obviously that the, I think the NFT marketplace, I don't don't quote me on this, but I think we had a fairly big, it was maybe six, six uh, devs working on the NFT marketplace. I could be wrong. Um, and uh, they're not cheap, that's for sure, especially like really good full stack. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure of the split. Yeah, cool. Would that be like another Tom question? Yeah, likely a Tom question. Yeah, cool. And, and the main reason I ask is it's good to understand the kind of split between, you know, say marketing, um, management, uh, moderation, and developers. So then, you know, we can get an un I, I can get an understanding of what that breakdown of you know potential costs would be, uh, and um, uh, how the the organization is funded. Um, and, w and where those funds go to. I think and for me, and Simon, Simon probably counts like the equivalent of 10 devs. <laughs> He's an animal. <laughs> he literally just had a newborn, like, you know, the, how the decks was launching? He literally had a newborn baby and was in hospital pushing the decks. He sent me a photo. <laughs> like, of course he was. You don't understand, nice. like, animals, absolute animals. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, uh, has that the, the team size changed too much from uh, Terra to, to Juno? Have you been able to retain most of those kind of members and staff or was there a bit of a reduction in headcount? 
from the contract side, I think we reduced, um, but I think we've actually uh, actually increased maybe in the last couple of weeks um, with some strategic roles around, uh, especially marketing for the marketing front. So again, probably an under Tom question in terms of the whole scope and org structure and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks. So this that, seems dep- to be that also depends. Big. It depends if you count. Obviously, this is a future question of yours, but if that counts loop, you know, if that counts auxiliary products like. That I were part of the fund, like Eclipse, which I'm. Yeah, that's literally my next question. So let, let's go there now. Uh, for those who may not be aware, um, could you give us a, a brief rundown of the the current uh, platforms or modules that have come across with Loop uh, under the Loop umbrella, uh, and maybe a quick summary of each of those, uh, just at a high level, so we understand what is Loop current current platforms, not not potential future, like what we've got value for to date. Yeah, let me pull it up. There's a lot of stuff. So what you got value that is built or that is launched? Because there's a difference there as well. Uh, let, um, let's go, just just go with the launched currently and then the imminent to launch because I'm sure they're very close. Sure. Okay, so uh, let's start with the DEX. So the DEX is obviously launched. Um, and so currently launched, you will notice this kind of maybe basic functionality around, uh, you know, swaps, pulls, um, wallet integration, farming, all that sort of stuff. So we've launched that basic functionality. Um, we have a an aggregator launching very soon. Uh, so that's all done. We actually had some of the uh, tech heads behind, some of the big guys behind Anchor that's helped us, uh, you know, build out this uh, IBC aggregator that doesn't just, uh, you know, it's not just a basic aggregator. It actually routes and splits trades across IBC. So enables to get, you know, a lot cheaper fees. And so we saw this as a greater revenue uh, generating model than just having a DEX. So having a DEX, but also having an aggregator uh, that's able to generate more uh, you know, more revenue and more fees and to make sure that you know anyone coming through our DEX is always getting the best rate for every swap that they do. So that's that. Secondly, on the uh, Loop DEX, uh, there's a staking model coming as well. Uh, and this has actually been under you know, a fair bit of development. We changed the staking model that we had on Terra. We had uh, you know three pools. I'm not 100% across exactly uh, how it looks now, but we've worked uh, on, on some new stock staking contracts, uh, which have a uh, like a time lock, uh, uh, like a time lock tokenomics model, which incentivizes longer uh, staking. Um, and then within that, there's also the integration of the NFT marketplace of so staking contracts. I don't know if that will go last straight away, but that is the ability to turn staking positions into NFTs that make them tradable as well. So that is you know part of the NFT marketplace crossover functionality um, to make uh, that. Then on top of the Dex. There is uh, the Farming Wizard, which I think many of you guys maybe haven't seen yet. Um, and the Farming Wizard enabled uh, for one-click migration and one-click um, farming positions. So, for example, you'd be able to see your recommended farming positions to depend, uh, depending on what's in your wallet. And so it was basically a widget that would enable you to kind of click on one button and immediately split like a position. Like Juno, you could literally from one, you know, two clicks, split that Juno into Juno and USDC and put that into a farm with literally very minimal work which is a great like newbie kind of onboarding uh, thing. Uh, that farming widget uh, also uh, enabled us to create uh, an anchor borrow widget. Uh, and then anchor borrow widget uh, we built on Terra and you know obviously we launched it literally just as anchor crashed. And that enables for um, using of uh, leveraging on uh, money markets, uh, which will be able to kind of move that over to use um, Mars Protocol and UMI, which we're actually working on for something else. So not going to touch on that. So that's the DEX. Uh, then we've got the um, NFT marketplace. So the NFT marketplace, the current functionality that we've launched is the uh, NFT uh, token distribution model. 
Uh, now, it's very different to just kind of a staking contract where you stake an NFT and you receive a yield over a period of time. It's tokens that are attached into that NFT um, and that can be claimed. Um, we've obviously got the lottery model at the moment as well where uh, users can purchase an NFT and get a randomized uh, mint, but this can be uh, very flexible and used in very different ways. That's the current first uh, product that we've launched with that, uh, which is the NFT launchpad and then the uh, obviously the secondary trading market for NFTs. Um, but then there's a, you know, there's a further component coming for those NFTs, which is uh, the ability to um, wrap LP, uh, LP positions in NFTs. Uh, and this is where the, the DEX and the NFT marketplace cross over, where you can actually turn an LP position into a, an, an NFT that makes it tradable. Um, and there's a couple options that protocols can choose. You can choose to turn that into a bond. We call them LP rewards now, but uh, basically creating protocol and liquidity where you, know, you take your LP position. Um, and then you can go, hey, uh, here's my LP position, and instead I'm going to get a payout that's higher than tokens, um, and that creates protocol and liquidity. Uh, this also enabled users on the NFT marketplace to, um, instead of actually having an LP position, they can actually buy the NFT that represents the uh, LP position and receive the yield. Now, this is great for new users because they can actually, um, instead of going through farming and all the, the stuff that they might not understand, they can directly buy that NFT and get the same year, like a yield that they would be getting from an LP position without having to mess around with any of that stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, buy a pretty picture, get 100% APR, right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of the functionality for the LPs, and that's uh, kind of the next iteration of the NFT marketplace. That's all built out. It's been worked on for 12 months um, and, uh, you know, worked with Andromeda and, and, and a lot of guys on getting that built out. Um, so that's uh, obviously uh, the secondary part. Uh, then there's Loop Learn, and Loop Learn is kind of the part that I've been heading up, but that's, you know, obviously, um, it's a little bit of a slow process. We're taking these videos and then converting them um, and taking out all the terror content. You know, obviously that took a big hit because we had 34 videos that cost 15K a video. And suddenly, um, you know, obviously terror collapsed and we're like, okay, then what do we do now? And we, so we managed to negotiate ownership from terror. Um, so we, we created split uh, interest where we both get to own the videos, even though they paid for all of them. I created all the, all the, all the scripts and content. Um, and so we get to take out the Terra branding and use these um, as ownership. But there's a lot of there's still a lot of work. We've uh, just edited five videos and we're working on another five. But it's costing like it's costing a fair bit of money just to even edit these videos. So um, I've been very focused on Loop Learn on on working on a lot of video content that isn't uh, super expensive to make um, because obviously you know it's a slow process getting these videos made. Uh, and then there's plans to, there was obviously plans behind the scenes to uh, build out like a Cosmos uh, series uh, in this loop learn, um, but that's, you know, obviously funding intensive. So even even with the kind of amount from from Juno, it's not really enough to get that kickstarted. So I've been chatting to Strange Love Fund and a lot of the other guys uh, looking to source funding for that. Uh, and then actually the market collapsed and that made it hard to cover. Because cover. that's those, uh, we actually have a loop wallet uh, that was built on Terra. Um, and, and that was a wallet that integrated eight board and uh, like a whole bunch of different functionalities and farming and stuff within the wallet. Um, we took a step back from that and actually have now partnered up with Obi. I don't sure, not sure if you guys have maybe heard of Obi, but they've got uh, some really cool um, multi uh, not multi. It's like a multi sig authentication which allows you to recover seed phrases using Face ID and a few different things. So we've partnered with those guys to uh, work on a really cool wallet solution which we will have launched uh, by Cosmoverse. Um, at the at the Cosmos party, and this will kind of uh, have NFTs in there, enable purchasing you know of NFT tickets and all this sort of stuff, and using the functionalities. 
Um, and I'll just touch on maybe one more. Uh, there's the incubator, even though that wasn't part of the fund, that we have an incubator which has incubating a lot of uh, really, really large projects as well behind the scenes, and that's kind of part of our strategy. And then uh, we have the launch pad. And um, I, I'm not sure if you've got a question touched into that. I'll give you a little break so you can break up my speaking. Um, but if you want to ask me about that. Uh, no, happy to, happy for you to go ahead. The uh, the launch pad, I think we, we understand, well, I understand what the launch pad is. Uh, primary focus at the moment is around. Um, ah, that's covered. Ah, Rama. That's covered in Go, it. It's covered in funding. Rama. If it's if it's under the Terra Developer Fund, then yes, I want to know about it. Go ahead. I'd like to ask Simon. I'd like to ask Simon something. Uh, two questions. First of all, uh, how much does Juno need Loop? Right. That, that's that's uh, because I'm of the honest opinion that we are desperate for a Loop to come along. Sorry about the noise, guys. It's raining really bad here. Like, uh, the second thing is, uh, what lessons were learned financially from the Terra uh, debacle? Have you guys, like, you know, altered processes? Look at the way that you manage your money. I know I mentioned about earlier about the cutbacks and stuff, but I mean, moving forward, you know, are you guys like re-strategized? So yeah, two questions: How much does Juno need you? And how much of you guys had to rethink your, your kind of SOPs or whatever in regards to how you manage your, your funds and your money? Great questions, man. Uh, and I want to be really careful with touching on these because, you know, obviously I'm very aware of the community and things like that. I, I think there, there is a really important focus on bringing big dApps into the Juno ecosystem. Um, I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, a lot of passionate devs. There's a lot of guys building. There's DowDow. There's Raccoon. There's a lot of these platforms. But so far, there hasn't been like a big um, outside platform that's come in or a big kind of team that has big focus on marketing and outside exposure. Um, and these are, you know, really important. And now, you know, obviously, we've got more than one. We've got more than Loop. Um, you know, we've obviously got Levana coming on and all this sort of stuff. Um, but these are really kind of key uh, base blocks to an ecosystem. And, you know, I know that there's, there's wanting to kind of safeguard, you know, and, you know, not spend too much, you know, especially in a bear market. But in terms of, and this is where I agree with Rama by converting the rest of this to acquire projects, like acquiring big projects like this um, is massive wins. Like for an ecosystem to acquire, like a like multiple protocols that are already built is actually a huge win for the ecosystem. And this is why so many L1s have massive grants programs and massive BDM teams to actually outbound and to find you know projects to build because that's that's really what kind of brings in users and creates this kind of adoption. Now, we've got lots of great builders. There's lots of great things being built. But these DEXs, NFT marketplaces, all this stuff is a really, really key component of building up the ecosystem. Um, and so it is really important. The second piece of that is, uh, again, you know, I'm not so much across that stuff, but I know that we've been really focused on, um, you know, generating revenue, especially. We understand the importance of burn rates and, um, you know, obviously understanding that we are a very ambitious team. We've got, you know, big teams um, and that like the importance to have products and really focus on revenue generation is really, really key. Not just for the token and having an ecosystem that adds value to the token uh, more and cut in cutting back on emissions and being more aware of that, but also like having portions of the product that actually generate revenue to, to run the team and the marketing and everything. So, you know, a portion of like NFT market fees, for example, go to building out marketing and doing all this sort of stuff. And if that revenue piece is a really important business consideration. So I can't talk details and too much specifics, but I can tell you like a lot's been learned. Um, and there's, there's, there's really kind of understanding that we can't just kind of rely on, um, you know, okay, we're, we're going to have money forever. We've got to be really, really strategic with it. Uh, the, the actual incubator 
brings in, uh, it has plans to bring in a lot of funds. It it kind of uh, stuffed us around Terra because a lot of our projects uh, were also building on Terra through the incubator, and you know they'd funded and all that, and then they ran out of money. So a lot of these incubated projects had issues, but there's a lot of uh, new incubated projects coming through the pipeline, um, and there's these funds that come from that, from raises and all sorts of stuff. So that's that's another revenue piece. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, I guess my question around that is, from a Juno perspective, obviously the community is focused around exactly what value that brings to Juno, uh, and this isn't uh, may not necessarily be a question, but more of a, a statement or uh, some advice or some you know. Uh, <clears throat> some guidance from the community that we think that I think would add value. When I go to the loop.markets website, I see zero references to Juno as an example. So uh, I understand the loop brand it has something and it means something, uh, but maybe like a loop on Juno or uh, some other references to loop outside of a pool just in the swaps uh, would potentially be something that would. Uh, you know, provide more value to the Juno user and powered powered able- by Juno, rather powered right. powered by Juno at the bottom. Something like that. Like I understand, like the today's Cosmos market cap um, doesn't actually reference all of the. Uh, it, like we've got kind of all of the coins in there, but like if we go down and try and find <clears throat> Juno, it's kind of ninth on the list. Uh, we're kind of you know we're run on Juno, we're powered by Juno, everything is on Juno. Uh, my thoughts and recommendation there would be some more references to Juno uh, and that relationship to to Juno would help. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. I've been battling this for weeks now. Um, uh, just something that kind of references Juno, right? I understand when we go into the swap fees, it's Juno.loopmarkets uh, and there's Juno pairs in there. Uh, the default chart is kind of USD loop. Uh, maybe have that as like a, a Juno loop. Uh, I know that's not ideal from like a mark, a dollar value perspective. Oh, it's coming. It's kind of, that's coming. That's actually coming. Yeah. So like things like that, that, you know, would bring, it would make loop and Juno feel more like a pairing uh, and the Juno community would feel more engaged and more uh, valued because there's a, a reference to Juno on that other than just signing a transaction. Um, and, and that's just my fully opinion. Agreed. Other people, no, fully other people agreed. could just say, like, shut up, you're an idiot. But, <laughs> you know, for, for me, like that, that sort of stuff, it's the little things that kind of uh, add value and make it feel like Loop is coming into Juno and being part of Juno. Uh, and when I see that, I'm happy that I've helped fund that uh, to an extent. You know, it's not I obviously don't have $1.2 million. Um, but, you know, those little things kind of add a lot uh, for me. And Rama, before before Simon speaks, Simon, before you speak, Rama always brings receipts. Simon, he, he's always got receipts, Rama, though, brother. Yeah, go ahead, son. Um, I want to I want to say firstly that like I love that point because I, I mean what we were talking on before about like constructive, like if you want to like building the loop ecosystem, uh, the the Juno ecosystem, right, and, and really being aware of like the balance between accountability and turning away projects feedback is always welcome like feedback is so important and at loop and other projects love feedback they love to go hey this is some you know this is not working this is how you improve but when it kind of goes on to oh your project share like all this sort of stuff right is that constructive is that helping build the juno ecosystem or you know like i get it in some cases there is some legitimate like rug pulls and terrible stuff and but the constructiveness of going what you've just said is like okay 
well, we've got team members on the call. I can go back and we can actually go, okay, we understand what the community wants and, and what we're maybe not doing because we're not perfect, right? And, and we fuck yeah. up a lot, right? And, and but fe- that's feedback's so important, right? And, and, and constructive feedback is a large part of it. Uh, another thing, and this may be a little bit retrospective, but like on the NFT marketplace launch, here is an NFT to all Juno holders. I know the art kind of value to that is dollars. It costs dollars to do that shit. Uh, I can guarantee you that if you were to approach some of the existing um, community members across the broader ecosystem, like the Knots guys as an example, uh, they would be more than happy. And I know they've got, they're, they're launching on loop. I know that. They would be more than happy to put some time or effort in across the community or ecosystem to airdrop a, a worthless NS, NFT to Juno holders to be like, thank you. Little things like that mean so much even if it is a worthless NFT, right? People might just be like, that thing's shit and you'll always have those people. But it's the little things for me, right? Like the, the Powered by Juno or Runs on Juno or Loop on Juno, uh, Airdrop and NFT, those little things where it's like, totally agreed. thanks totally for agreed. supporting us, thanks for helping us, thanks for bringing us on board. Those little things, uh, while people, some people will see them as gimmicks, those things really kind of uh, make, you know, bring you into the ecosystem as, as part of the family. And uh, for me, you know, we're talking about a lot of money. I get it. Like uh, an NFT is nothing, but it's uh, for me, the big goal is I want Loop to be part of Juno and to be in the Juno ecosystem as a project that was founded and, and nourished and brought up in the Juno ecosystem and you didn't migrate across, right? That, Agreed. That's my I fully, and, fully on board with you with that. Fully. And for me, like the dollar value means nothing so long as that you can bring that value and, and you feel part of the ecosystem and the community can welcome you in, that, that's massive. Uh, intrinsic uh, value. Intrinsic value, isn't it? It's called intrinsic value. People, people have got short arms and deep pockets in this crypto world. Too many people are just very, very short-sighted. Uh, sorry, Simon. Obviously, Rain Man, if I don't back them up with a uh, correspondent statement. But, bro, man, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot of short-sightedness at the minute. I, th- I think there's genuine concerns. I-, I would agree, definitely. I think some of the the comms that I've seen today are quite short-sighted. Um, but I think the, the the positive thing here is that if we if we give the team some time uh, and we don't think we're getting value for money over the next month or two, we have an opportunity to change how the multi-sig votes by communicating that clearly to the team. Okay. And if we don't think that the Loop team are bringing value to Juno and aligning to the Juno ways, we can voice that opinion uh, to the multi-sig and stop the payments going forward, right? Well, welcome to I'm decentralization. That, welcome I'm to decentralization. That, yeah. yeah, and I'm saying this as a member of the community, like anyone else who's invested their own hard-earned into Juno. Uh, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Loop. And I think that's these are things that the community should look at uh, from a value proposition. Simon might not be super happy with me, but that's fine, right? Like we've got to look out for for us and and the spend, and we're going to have more of these sub DAOs going forward, right? So my point here is more that we control the sub DAOs as the community, and we need to be intricately involved in them uh, and the decisions that they make, and voice those decisions, uh, voice our concerns to those people. And if you are an individual doing it, and the wider community doesn't align to you, unlucky. Right, you're gonna have that scenario, and I've already had it happen. But there will be a Agreed. time when the wider community agrees with you, and then something changes, and we enact that thing. Right? Um, 
I'm sorry, continuing on. I just I get a bit philosophical. The, let me, let me just I, add I a love... to that previous piece because it, it's yeah. a good good feedback, and I think that's potentially where learning lessons can be had. And and, and I know you'll probably touch on this around airdrops, and and I think that your idea around the NFTs is a brilliant idea. And I think in hindsight, like um, it's also coming into Juno and understanding the culture more, and maybe in hindsight, that's a powerful uh, kind of piece, especially like when you understand different ecosystems and the way that different ecosystems kind of operate, especially like when you're looking at airdrops. If you bring projects over from ETH, for example, you may see a very different um, kind of approach and focus. And I think there's kind of a middle ground to be found between the different cultures and coming into Juno and also understanding, um, you know, different kind of uh, views on things. Like, for example, airdrop PTSD, right, was a very, very real thing for a lot of projects coming from Terra, right? It's huge. We, we you know, airdrops were the biggest headache of, like, every single project on Terra because we went through that phase in the initial stages of airdrops and then it turned into, like, absolute chaos so you have to understand that perspective but then it's also like coming to a new chain and a new ecosystem that sees things differently and finding this kind of middle ground and i think that's kind of why we went to to airdrop to the community fund instead but i think there's could have been more conversations opened up about that and um kind of that stuff so yeah i'll keep you keep you going on on rama it's very important that people understand or that there's like a serious element here of not sugarcoating anything. I mean, taking you, you, bro, not me, I'm the subjective dude, you know me, passionate, but you, listening to you right now tonight, the objectivity is just off the scale. Nothing nothing else I would expect with autism, like, but great job, bro. Great job tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done yet. Uh, thank you for the feedback <laughs> partway through. Um, no, and, and this is my goal, right? Like, I think we, the value that we get out of these spaces is exponentially larger than what we do bickering over a couple of Twitter threads, right? I would much rather sit here for three hours on my Saturday night uh, while I'm on holidays and, and chat with community members and, and developers and, um, you know, project managers or whatever uh, to try and air out something that we're all invested in than sit there and, and reply in, you know, 50 different Twitter threads and, you know, see, Twitter notifications going off the chain that that adds no value. So when I kind of saw what was going on tonight, I, I DM Simon. I was like, "Hey, like, I think you might have DM me something. I can't remember." And I was like, "Let's just yeah, get so on let's spaces. do a spaces." I was like, "Let's do yeah, a spaces." I was like, "Let's do it." Like, and I, I was like, "I'm gonna come out guns blazing. Like, you would expect nothing less from me. I, I'm not a yes man. I'm I'm here to kind of ask the questions and and get the outcomes for the community and." Uh, you know, so, bro, when, so when you're finished, so when you're finished, is Don going to be the? Because I see we've got Jimmy the Don, otter. Don's coming up. Yep. He, he needs I'm to take. Jimmy you. needs to take a backseat. First, Jimmy needs to wait till next Sunday. Till next Sunday. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Don, uh, when 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 you're ready, though, obviously he's going to yeah, come up, I, though, I, right? I, I and I'm, I'm topics, and then uh, Don's coming up first. First protocol is done. So. Uh, I do have a couple extra questions. Um, the next one, uh, we briefly touched on this, uh, and hopefully you might have some answers on this. We've got the current feature set. We've got the decks. We've got the staking coming. We've got the NFTs. We've got Eclipse. Can you give us some alpha? Give us some positive news on some new features that you haven't released on Terra that potentially coming to Juno. Are, are you in that space? Oh, yes. I mean, Eclipse Pad is is turned into a monster. <laughs> that on Terra was, you know, it was a, it was a regular launch pad, and uh, and and that's covered in the Terra development fund, by the way. And uh, and I know it's it, this is an interesting piece, and I think I've talked in a lot of spaces around its relationship to Loop, where it was kind of a part of it was a part of Loop, uh, and then it, it's kind of become it's become separate. Uh, there's a few team members in common. Obviously, I'm part of Loop and part of Eclipse, 
um, but it's got different teams overall, uh, and that's turned into a, that's turning into an absolute monster um, on Juno. I mean, the tech's already built. Uh, the tech was built on Terra, uh, but you know the tech development going forward is massive. So in the last fortnight, have onboarded uh, fourteen team members um, into that, and uh, you know uh, uh, quite a large mod team. I think potentially some of them are in here uh, as well, uh, as well as you know advisors. Uh, and you know obviously everyone everyone is volunteers on that so far uh, <laughs> from the launchpad. The launchpad uh, did get some funding from uh, you know Terra Fund. Uh, but obviously, like a lot of that goes towards, uh, you know, the devs uh, that are still getting paid to implement uh, and devs uh, aren't cheap. Um, and they're separate devs from Loop, by the way, these devs. Uh, they're Eclipse. Uh, they're just Eclipse-focused devs. Uh, and then, you know, legal fees and a lot of that stuff. Uh, and uh, so obviously, the IDEO launchpad, without releasing too much alpha, I mean, some of you guys may have been across it and kind of what's happening over there. Uh, and I'm going to try and kind of be careful not to add too much um, because there's some... Interesting releases to come for that. Um, but the Eclipse, uh, basically, Launchpad is uh, really focused on, you know, bringing projects into uh, Juno and Cosmos, uh, accelerating them through, you know, different stages of their development and then launching them on the pad. As far as, uh, you know, tech that uh, working on to build into this pad, uh, are things like uh, an NFT liquidity launcher, which will allow protocols to get seeded liquidity before they launch on the pad. Um, which worked on a few models for that. Uh, working with uh, oh, Eclipse is on the call. That must be Amanda. Uh, working with Mars, uh, Mars and Umi. Oh, damn, that was Alpha. I shouldn't have said. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, but working on uh, you know uh, leverage IDOs um, using <laughs> the the widget that we built up for Anchor. And then that was actually going to be like a full Alpha thing that was going to be brought, and I just like dropped it. So you don't get me talking late at night on the space. Um, and then working on a new IDEO uh, model that is really like nothing that, um, you know, IDEO launchpads have seen before around uh, making, uh, you know, the fa fairness accessible to more users uh, in launches. Um, because, yeah, I can go on a tangent about this, but there's scalability issues with uh, many launchpads in crypto and the way their models are and really wanted to kind of work on models in which, um, they they made more fair for people, but I'm not going to dig into too many details. There's a lot of stuff coming for that. It's a monster of platform. It's going to bring a lot of good projects and launch a lot of good projects. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, so there was just one point I wanted to kind of question there around the Eclipse pad. Uh, you mentioned that you've onboarded 14 staff. Can you tell me how many of those are full time in terms of paid employees versus volunteers? Currently, all of them are volunteers. None of them, okay. none of us take, only people that take salary in the launchpad currently uh, are devs. Um, uh, a full stack dev from Phantom uh, and, a, uh, and the front end dev that does the tech. Uh, and then rest is uh, all uh, operational expenses, legal costs, and all the stuff. So, like, actually, like the, the team has been amazing so far uh, in terms of like we've just rallied like a really cool team and working on a fundraise at the moment. So, uh, I'm going out to market uh, and really been hitting it really hard in terms of, you know, the deck, getting fundraising in, getting funds in um, and going in front of VC so that we can get funding in to um, basically pay staffs for the team and getting those guys on board. So uh, that's super exciting. I'm, I'm over the moon with that. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And just quickly, um, again, another point on that. Uh, you mentioned that the tech was, was pretty much built uh, on Terra, but it's been migrated over to Juno. Uh, I tested idea. it. Tested it. It's it's cool. Yeah, no, it's, no. So I, I just want to, so uh, just for the community, 
you said it was built on Terra. It's been migrated over to Juno. Uh, that sounds like it's an insignificant amount of effort to move that over. I want to get your understanding or your, uh, I want to know how much effort has gone into migrating that from Terra to Juno from a developer perspective, just so we can uh, gauge an effort. Well, we've got two full-time devs and they've been working on that since Terra crashed. So uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it insignificant amount of effort to move that over from Terra to Juno. Um, and uh, obviously then looking at that, the platform that was launched on Terra is great platform, great functionalities. Um, but we've been working on, you know, rebrand, reskin. It was called Lunar Launcher. So obviously that doesn't work so well on on uh, on uh, Juno. Uh, but then also uh, working on all the the uh, other pieces that go into a launch pad that are so important in terms of launching it and really enhancing the model as opposed to what it was over on Terra. Um, so there's been a lot of work that's gone into that. Um, over on Terra, there's a lot of work that went into the development side of things. Uh, but when you're actually talking about a launch pad, vast majority of stuff isn't development work like development works is a big piece right um but those you know there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it and i think that's important to realize when you're looking at dapps and and um like actual projects that dev obviously is a big piece uh, but all the other pieces are really important as well yeah thanks and i think that's probably a part like a critical part that um many in the ecosystem may not be aware of or may not have kind of uh tuned in to previous spaces to understand and uh again i want to reiterate like I, i'm i'm not being a loop, loop fanboy i'm just trying to state facts and hopefully you all know me that i try to be factual loop is the first project that's come over to juno as part of the terra developer fund this is the first experiment it's the first time that we're doing this and i think there's a lot of lessons learned here um my my feedback here would be I know you've held spaces. I probably haven't been to all of them because for some crazy reason you're in Australia, but you host them at 3 a.m. Um, host more. Uh, I, I think teams and developers could communicate much more clearly uh, what costs go into projects, uh, especially when we're talking about stuff like community funding, when people assume that Loop coming from Terra to Juno is a copy-paste code uh, and away we go. I know for a fact, I work in software development. That's not a thing. I know that Terra was working on a different fork of the SDK. Uh, I know that you were working on a different version of, um, no, sorry, just the, the SDK. Uh, I know that you can't just grab it, drop it in and away you go. It, it involves effort. It involves time. I'm sure there's contracts in place that need to be amended. There's legalities, etc. Those things need to be communicated to specifically the Juno community, because we're a unique snowflower and uh, a unicorn. Um, if we can communicate those things clearly, I think that the community could then uh, gauge that, judge that however they want, uh, and then um, at least have a better understanding. So uh, I know, Simon, you've definitely held spaces. You've definitely done YouTube videos. I, I would have missed some. So if you've, if you've done those things, uh, I apologize. Can, can I add to this real quick? As yeah, well? go ahead. This is a really big piece of Eclipse. And and I think Cosmos maybe um, hasn't kind of gotten maybe in some pieces to this stage. Um, like, look, I, like in Cosmos, there's a lot of devs. There's a lot of devs running projects and there's a lot of development happening. But it's also understanding like how many other pieces and things go into focusing on building like a DAP ecosystem that's, uh, you know, not just tech, but also like BDM, building relationships, 
um, marketing, uh, social media, all this extra stuff, right? Um, like even going to Eclipse, like in building this accelerator, is really about looking at, okay, how do we take projects that have really good devs that have built really cool tech and enhance that massively by bringing in UI, UX, right? Marketing, branding, helping with tokenomics models and funding, um, all these extra pieces that are quite intensive. Legals, right? Like legals is a huge expense. Like these, these legal, like legal fees in terms of getting stuff right so you don't get hammered by the SEC is something that every project should be focused on if they want to grow past a certain size. And those fees rack up like a, like, <laughs> like a lot, right? And this could be the difference between if, you get, if you're a platform and then you get to like a size um, you know, in, in the future, that could smash you in retrospect, right? Like even things like airdrops, right? Like, and people, there's a, there's a lot of hindsight on that, but it's not to touch on anything in, in, in that regards, but really thinking about all the different parallels and all the different things that go into it and in terms of expenses, in terms of stuff, right, um, is pretty intensive. So that's also a piece, but I agree with you massively around, um, you know, that transparency, but as far as spaces and stuff, I think Loop we've done tons. I think we're doing we're doing an AMA every single week for forty something weeks in a row, um, and then kind of the engagement started to drop off, so we scaled those back. Um, and then Eclipse is obviously I've been doing a lot of stuff there too. But like obviously until you know as I as I was onboarding like these team members and stuff, I was doing ten people's worth ten people's work in terms of trying to get everything behind the scenes set up for for Eclipse in a short space of time. Uh, it's like you know, writing out docs, doing that sort of stuff. It's like a one-man band. It's hard to get all of that out. So it's just a bit of time that goes into that too. Simon, I bet you, just, just on this note, I bet you've got a lot of respect uh, for, and I'm, I'm, Rob, I'm going to name drop it, but I'm just going to say, I bet he's got a lot of respect for like an entity, somebody like like Raccoon Supply, though, that like what they've produced on what they've produced with like the minimal amount of effort and uh, capital investment. I mean, you're listening to Simon there, the intricacies of what these guys go through on a daily basis is insane. That their workloads, man, like these guys like Simon and others, right? Their workloads are insane. Like Simon, you know what goes into a project. So you must have respect for like some little grassroots like thing that would come along and try to shake up the industry a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, like, honestly, until you've gone in and built dApps, <laughs> like, like it's, it's not just tech, but dApps, like, it's huge. Like, the workload is a monster, right? So I think it's important to kind of see that perspective too. Like, like I mean, you guys at Raccoon, guys in the space, Jake, Jake uh, uh, you know, Jack and Jake and everyone, like, work like monsters, right? Um, it, it's, it's a lot of work. And, I mean, many of us don't have – like, I don't have a life these days, right? I mean, I'm not that's healthy, but I work like I'd sleep three to four hours a night and, you know, work seven days a week. So it's and, and it's out of choice, right? I'm not forced to do this. Um, my income doesn't reflect this, but I choose to because I'm passionate, right? And I love creating stuff. So it's, it's, it's understanding. Yeah. Like obviously the grassroots, right? Um, you know, the, the dApps, everyone building, everyone puts in tons of work. But then there's also ways in which we can optimize that, I think, in terms of like, I think we're, we're, that transparency of how the team runs behind the scenes would really help a lot of dApps around go, hey, this is actually the operation going on behind the scenes. Like there's a lot that goes into marketing, there's a lot that goes into this and this and this, and maybe that would help a lot of projects as well. And I think that's really key. Yeah, thank you. I, I think we're probably, uh, people are probably getting a little bit antsy and wanting to kind of jump up and ask some questions themselves. I do have two more topics. I'll try to be brief. Uh, the first one is airdrops, because I know this one will be pretty quick. There were some questions around why didn't we airdrop to Juno stakers, Juno holders. Uh, I do understand that there was 1% of the total supply 
which was airdropped or reserved for the Juno community pool. Could you talk to that or elaborate on why that decision was made versus Juno stakers, please? Yeah, I would say I know this on a light level, but I would I would say it, it's likely to do with our uh, beliefs potentially around airdrops, uh, especially coming from Terra. Um, we experienced a phase through Terra um, with airdrops where airdrops were getting dumped and every project that was airdropping was getting dumped. Um, and I think that created uh, airdrop PTSD. And Loop especially, <laughs> just, we decided back on Terra, which was rookie, uh, and I know some of the mods have probably have dealt with this, um, that we had an ongoing airdrop <laughs> to uh, community uh, writers, uh, and we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of uh, PTSD from that as well. And so coming in, I think you know the decision was made that there was an option to uh, airdrop to the community pool instead, uh, and actually go, hey, let's let's airdrop to the community pool where the community gets to decide what's done with this. And ideally, the the kind of focus was that we would. Uh, you know, that would be managed in a, maybe a different way than airdropping to people directly. Um, and maybe that's like an oversight in terms of getting like to directly to people. And I think it's also um, potentially a, like a hindsight thing around the fact that, you know, Juno is very used to to airdrops, right? The chain, you know, launched 50% of the suppliers and airdrop. They're used to big airdrops, right? Um, but also then the balance on the other side is if you go to every other ecosystem, airdrops is a very... Um, you know, very different kind of thing. There's a lot, a lot of chains don't do that, right? Terra did in the early days and stopped doing it. And a lot of chains launches IDOs or different mechanisms of launching. Um, so I think it's very Cosmos centric and very, especially Juno centric for airdrops. So yeah, uh, we did decide to airdrop 1% to the community pool. Uh, that was the, that was kind of the, the thing. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and the last one is uh, tokenomics. Now, are you are you across the tokenomics in detail? Should I continue any further? Uh, I've got gaps in parts of it. Um, it depends if you're talking potentially allocations and emissions, or uh, then like value capture for the token and how that token is going to accrue a value over time. It's almost like two different parts of tokenomics. But if you should wait, I can do my best. Uh, I can do my best to answer with what I know. Um, and yeah. Then- so I, I guess the, the the initial question was that there was a set of tokenomics that were released. Uh, that were publicized and then shortly before or shortly after uh, the decks went live there was a new version published Are you aware of that no no i'm not so much across that i did see some screenshots on twitter um, yep. but i haven't been so much okay. in the working who of that? would be able to answer those questions because i'm happy to run like another session with like tom and whoever uh, tom to... probably tom i'd say yeah. tom would well, be the best do you, have, do you have tom's handle i don't actually i don't think i follow tom um, should be just please, Tom Nord. Just Tom please Nord. Please don't yeah. bomb Tom Nord. Yeah, don't, don't, don't bomb Tom. Oh, yeah, don't bomb no, Tom. I love I, it. I do follow. I do follow him. Um, yeah. Please don't harass people if we give their Twitter handles. Be respectful. I, I'm more than happy to run follow up sessions to ask additional questions that Simon can't answer. Simon volunteered to come up here. He's part of Loop. He can't answer everything. That's why I'm not going to continue with questions he can't answer. I will get the people who can answer them onto another spaces. Uh, I can promise you that um hold me accountable probably not in the next week because i'm on holidays but i will do it um okay so uh can you answer the emissions questions uh emissions value capture or emissions in terms of like okay. Okay. Let, let's go let's go value capture right so value capture, my understanding yeah. is that you have a pretty aggressive um growth strategy in terms of the decks the nft marketplace and eclipse 
you have a quite a large team, I would say, for the current ecosystem. In Can I just add the... Eclipse? Eclipse is separate from the Loop token. I want to. I want to add. Okay. It adds okay. value to Loop because it uses the Dex and the NFT marketplace behind the scenes, but it isn't linked um, with a Loop token. Eclipse is separate from that perspective. Um, okay. So just, just, just very, token? very quickly. Uh, again, just bringing back to the value accrual to Juno. Uh, will Eclipse bring value to Juno, not just Loop? Of course. I mean, obviously. Direct, direct, directly. Uh, like in what regards? So an example is, will, will we be bringing CW20s onto Juno that will have, and I know the hypothetical question, you can't answer all scenarios, but what, what I'm looking for is uh, a direct value add to Juno stakers or Juno holders from the onboarding of tokens through Eclipse. Um, I'm not going to guarantee that projects coming through Eclipse are necessarily going to airdrop. Um, that's going to be the decision for these projects to make. Um, but it will bring a hell of a lot of projects onto Juno, yes. If that is so a for them. Inherent value through transactions, volume, transaction, uh, additional stakers. Big dApps, uh, pools, uh, TVL. It's a huge one. Like, look. TVL yeah. and pools is massive, right? You've got good pools, trading fees, um, like transaction fees happening on the decks. Eclipse, um, you know, bringing obviously NFTs onto the NFT marketplace uh, through some of the mechanisms built in, bringing projects onto Juno that are top tier projects. Eclipse is, is not planning, is planned to launch very high end projects, and we've got very, very solid deal flow. Um, and then launching pools on the decks that lock liquidity and TVL onto Juno. And TVL's massive in terms of like getting exposure and all this and stuff. So, and bringing users and attention, that's huge, right? Like tapping into outside retail markets and outside uh, ecosystems to bring attention to projects and things launching in the ecosystem uh, is massive. Yeah, so I, I guess the question there and just what I want to get clarity about, um, Eclipse won't be just bringing in apps, uh, won't be bringing in CW20s, which are tokens. Uh, onto Juno that will have like Loop as a base pair on their on their D app or their de or their Dex as an example. They will have the freedom to choose which token they want to use. Potentially, so it depends on how they're launched. If we're launching them with the um, the Cedar liquidity, um, that's going to be likely locked in against Eclipse. Um, that's just part of the mechanisms in terms yep. of like yep. how we that, that makes sense, right? Like if, if, if you seed them and you help fund them, then obviously you'd have like a loop based pair, right? If they choose to kind of crowdfund it entirely, then they could they they can choose to go down like a Juno based pair if it was a of course, an of course, yeah. There's, there's no limits on what they can and can't do, right? It's just the support that we offer in terms of like if we're going to give them the other half of the LP, for example, right? In Eclipse tokens, then it's going to be an Eclipse and uh, it's going to be an eclipse and their pool because that's part of like, you know, being able to kind of allow them to see. But if they want to like add Juno to that or there's an – like then go ahead. Like there's no – there's the ability to have Juno pairs and create more pools for sure. There's not – that's not a that's not a stoppage, right? Yeah, cool. Last question on tokenomics, uh, and this one comes from the community, uh, specifically around the team allocation. Uh, it looks like the tokenomics has that allocated over two years. Have you seen that? Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's yep. been done. Um, cool. That, that, so, part, can I can I say part of that? Like, part of that's going to be Tom, but also part of it is factoring to the fact that, um, and taking this into account, that a lot of the team has been, um, yeah, it's, it's actually a carry on of the um, where we were building on Terra. Like, a lot of the team has been working, uh, you know, like an obscene amount at a very reduced, uh, like salary, as you know, in terms of uh, a lot of team members have taken, you know, kind of pretty 
I'd say pretty conservative salaries um, and, you know, focus more on the kind of token side, right? And that being a kind of a long-term uh, a long-term thing. And, you know, many, many team members have been with the team since, you know, October or November, right? Went through the cliff and then being, you know, accumulating tokens and then that all got, you know, got wiped out for a period of time. So it's kind of a, taking into account the past of things as well. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, maybe two points I want to kind of touch on here. The first one talking about uh, kind of the journey and uh, the breakdown of, of expenditure. Uh, and again, you may not be able to answer this, but I think this would help uh, alleviate some of the concern from the community. Uh, probably a Tom question. It would be really nice to get a breakdown of expenditure. And I don't want to know individual dev salaries, but like I want to know uh, legal costs, development costs, marketing spend um, as a, a high level breakdown of the funding to date. and. You don't. I don't think you have to because the Terra Developer Fund, in my eyes, was a rescue package. If the team was open to doing something like that, I think that would help uh, provide some clarity and transparency to the Juno community uh, in the way in which those funds are being spent. Um, so then they could then judge future spend uh, and if that's where we think that it should go. Um, more than happy for that to go to Tom. Uh, relay that through. Please share the spaces to him if he wants to listen. But I think that would. Um, that would help because I think there's a perception at the moment that, you know, there was copy paste code. We just grab it from Terra. We drop it onto Juno and uh, away we go and, you know, a hundred, 200 grand and we're happy. Right. Um, I don't think that's the, the, the real scenario. And at the moment we, we kind of sitting in the dark to an extent uh, when, you know, the community thinks that they've funded this. So, um, you know, in my eyes, I, I'm pretty satisfied to, to an extent from the discussions today, but uh, if the team's open to it, let, let's do it. Um, uh, I'm not going to comment on that one because I don't have the decision-making power for this stuff and I want to be very clear of that. Um, but, yeah, that will definitely be put to the team. There's a lot of team members sitting on this call, um, and so that's definitely a consideration. Uh, I do, yeah, I, I do want to emphasize as well, uh, we do put out a lot of content and we do do a lot of AMAs, a lot of this stuff. And so there's also the other side of the coin, which is there's a lot of this stuff is more open but it does take uh, members engaging with some of the stuff to also be across it. And please give feedback. If the content isn't targeted or the content isn't like digestible or like it's, it's too hard to follow, please give feedback to the team. We spend so much time on content and time on trying to work out how to communicate things better and be across that. And I do agree with you. I think um, more transparency, but Actually, I would take a different angle. I would say that if anything, it's a more powerful thing for the Juno community because it can show you behind the scenes all the systems and stuff behind, which lead to uh, potentially helping move forward to DAP in a certain way, right? Um, and that I think would be of huge benefit to uh, many building on the community as well to go, hey, this is actually kind of what goes on behind the scenes. We're doing this, 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 as well as obviously transparency. I can't guarantee that a project want to like wants to kind of do a. Um, Hey, here's all our expenses and here's our sheets and here's our financial projections and everything to, you know, all the time. Uh, but, you know, that's obviously something that can be put forward and see if that's uh, feasible. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, completely understand. And, uh, you know, I know you've jumped into the hot seat and uh, you've been asked some pretty tough questions. And I don't think those questions are going to get necessarily easier. Uh, the last question, probably another Tom question uh, before I bring uh, big uh, King Don uh, Kryptonium up here. Uh, around the tokenomics and the uh, the two-year vesting. Uh, my question, and again, I'm going to target this to Tom. I know you won't be able to answer it. Would the team be open to shifting that to a four-year vesting? 
to kind of show that commitment to the Juno community that you are keen on hanging around and being here long term. Uh, and maybe individually, you could answer from your perspective what your thoughts would be as an individual member of the Loop team. Put you on, put you on the spot there. Man, let me ask hard enough questions today. That's a really hard one. Um, again, not going to comment on that uh, on the first one because it's not my uh, it's not my field, and uh, it would be inappropriate for me to answer those kind of questions. From the second perspective, I, I'm split on that. I would say I'm split on that. Um, I think I think that it is is a hard it is definitely a hard one on the Juno ecosystem. I think in terms of um, obviously the Juno has got a 12 year vest, and so it's like a big that's a big part of the Juno ecosystem. Um, it was something I, I just something I, just just to kind of jump in quickly, right? So some previous um, projects who have launched on Juno, and I understand they didn't get wrecked by Terra. Uh, the raccoon community, the raccoon developers, put it out to the community to decide on what they wanted to do. I think it was two years, uh, four years, six years, eight years. There was a it was a tie between four and six, and they opted for six. Um, the Fortis team, uh, as much as everyone wants to laugh, um, they uh, bought into the project for like ten thousand FOT tokens or whatever it was at a set price, uh, and those vested for. I think they unlocked every 12 months for, this is testing my memory, please don't quote me on this, but I think it was uh, four or six years, just as some examples of some reasonably successful tokens to an extent that have launched on Juno and had kind of vesting. So when we see kind of uh, the Terra Developer Fund and you guys come in and then we see just like a two-year vesting, that's very abnormal for us. Um, and I can see it from, you know, you being destroyed and the team's looking to kind of recoup some of those lost funds or, you know, get paid out, um, to an extent for, you know, that stuff, but, you know, the Juno community needs to look after the Juno community, right? So if we ask a question of, Hey, would you be open to four year vesting? Um, if there's pretty strong pushback, then the community might be like, Oh, well, Hey, are like, are they actually committed to like a four year plan? Or is it just like a, a two year plan, which two years in crypto is a long time. So you know, I just wanted to voice that. It's a very long time. I think I'll take kind of the middle ground in this and, and going like that's a very normal for Juno, but in other ecosystems, I think two to three years is a pretty common standard. Anything under two years, I'd be very wary of, um, especially on that perspective. I think especially when you're building a protocol, it's about aligning the incentives and understanding as well that like the Loop team, we weren't selling tokens the whole time. Like it was a really strong push for us to um, – you know, hold tokens, and we obviously believe in in uh, in in the project, right? But I think, and, and I can maybe speak from the Eclipse side because I've been building the tokenomics out for Eclipse rather than talking on the Loop side, uh, and I've gone for I think with Cliffs around three years. Um, what is it like twenty six month Cliff with twenty four months uh, kind of vesting, um, and then uh, thirty for some VCs, and even from some advisors for rest of crypto, thirty months. Uh, they talk about it being quite a uh, quite a push, and that doesn't mean that the team isn't focused past two to three. Not focused past two to three years, but it's also about like aligning the incentives enough in the right way, um, and, and kind of finding that middle ground with team members coming on, especially if the salaries are reduced. If you're paying to reduce salaries and you're paying teams, and you're like, hey, here's you know half what you'd be earning if you were working in the trad space, um, but here's your potential to earn uh, with tokens and setting that up and having that the right impact. I think your two to three years is is quite a good sweet spot for that. Um, and I'm happy for you to dig more into that and why that is. 
um, I think two to three years is a very quite quite a long time uh, in crypto uh, in general. And it doesn't mean that the team is like exiting on the community and they're done in two years. Um, a lot does change in that period of time. Um, we are just trying to get King Don up here. He, I think this is. I think we've actually broken King Don's space's virginity. By the way, I think he's just gonna. He's on his computer. I will say, Rama. I will say. Uh, am I quiet or not? Like I've, everything's turned down. I don't know what to do. I, I I'm think virtually fine, whispering. You, you're a little you've killed me tonight, Rama. You killed yeah. me. Like I'm literally feel like. <laughs> no, it's good. This is good, but. Well, Simon, from another angle as well, and I'll I'll DM you because there's there's some things that I've picked up on. That, Rama, I, uh, Rama, mute, mute. Oh, there you go. Uh, did you hear that autism there, man? I don't know if anyone else heard the keyboard, uh, but Simon, I, I'll DM you about something though that I have picked up on tonight. Not from like a crypto perspective, like just from like a, a delivery, blah blah blah. Uh, mate. At the beginning of the interview, like I could sense a little bit of like nervousness about what was about to come. But when the business questions come, when people go back and listen to this, they'll actually be very impressed there, Simon Mind. I'll speak to you privately about the things that I've picked up on from a different different perspective, right? Like tomorrow earlier, uh, mate, the, the, the answers you've provided are as, about as genuine as it gets. About as genuine as it gets, yeah? Right, Rama, it, is it is it question yeah, no, time, no. Rama? Hey guys, can I just jump in here for a second? So. Just just very quickly, can I introduce you, Tom? We we do have Tom, the 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 infamous Tom, who we've been speaking about on several questions tonight. He has been in. He has joined the session. So uh, thank you, Tom. Please jump in, introduce yourself. I have a couple of questions. So thank you. Hey guys, sorry, I'm just it's um it's early here. Um so forgive me if I'm still a bit um, brain fuzzed. It's been a big week. I don't think any of us have slept a lot this week. Um I, I was just I just heard that the end of the tail end of that last question, which was about the team vesting um being two years, and actually we've been discussing internally, it hasn't been hasn't been published yet, but we have actually been talking about increasing that to three years. Um, and that's probably what we're going to do. Um, not because we think the um, the team is going to dump. Um, in fact, you know, so far we've been monitoring all of the team wallets, and we've been distributing for over, I think, maybe seven or eight months, and the team has pretty much held most of their tokens. Um, but just because, obviously, we do want to slow the the emission release. Um, and I guess I guess you guys are talking about the emission release. Sorry, as I said, I literally just woke up and kind of jumped on this on this yeah, no, on this I, call. I appreciate you. You've kind of jumped in out of the blue. I was going to organise another follow up session because there was a couple of questions uh, that we had that uh, Simon graciously passed on because he wasn't able to answer those. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, thank you for joining us. I hit, hit me up. No, no worries at all. Um, but the other thing is, I mean, I think our emission schedule is sort of set for four years, but that does not mean in any means that we're going to emit all of those tokens over four years. I mean, if if we need to, we will. You know, if the, the conditions are right, then we will. Um, and, you know, if we're growing insanely quickly and, you know, we just need sort of obviously um, more funds to, to keep that momentum happening, we will. Uh, but if it's slow, I mean, if we go into a bear market, there's no way that we're going to, you know, we're going to emit all of those tokens in four years. We'll keep as many as possible in treasury and, you know, uh, emit them at the right time. Um, I mean, I'm, that's why I was a bit cautious about like, okay, let's let's set a kind of fixed emission schedule. I know lots of protocols do have a very like hard programmed emission schedule. 
Um, but I don't think, you know, I think especially for our product, um, that that's not really the right thing to do. And we, we need to be flexible. We need to kind of, you know, work with the, the market conditions and work with how quickly we're growing and like take so many other factors into account when we decide exactly how and when to, to sort of use those tokens. Yeah, cool. Quick, quick question. Is the token emissions managed by a multi-sig in DowDow? Is that how that gets released? And yeah, exactly. It's a multi-sig in DowDow. That's correct. Is that published and available for the community to kind of go in there and view who the members of that are and the proposals for that? Um, to, to be honest, I don't know if we've published that, but we, we will, if people want us to, like, we're, we're very happy. To, like to, people to, could find it, right? I, I'm pretty sure it's just called like loop admin yeah, look, or something like that. I think I might've stumbled across it earlier, but in terms of like communicating that uh, out so people can just go, Hey, like here is the loop multi-sig for, you know, uh, the emissions. Exactly. You can just go in there and check it randomly, right? And if we see um, you like minting a hundred million tokens, we'll be like, "Hey, hang on a minute, <laughs> what's going on here?" Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. yeah. In fact, I mean, you know, the only thing, the only um, tokens which have been minted so far is obviously for the airdrop and for some providing some liquidity, uh, initial liquidity to the pools. And we put notes on everything. And yeah, people are more than welcome I'm pretty to, sure to go I and check it out. This yeah, earlier, uh, I saw there was some. There was a couple of test ones in there for like airdrops. There was. Uh, the initial like liquidity for the the decks and uh, and that sort of stuff. So I'm pretty sure I found it. Um, if I I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out later on uh, after the spaces is finished, um, so those who follow me can can see it. Yeah, um, we, should, nice we should put it in our docs kind of as well. It. Actually, yeah, we'll, yeah, 100%, we'll put it right. In. Like all, all that transparency stuff. Like it's it's in a DAO that people can find publicly anyway. So there's no point kind of not hiding it but not presenting it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. As you can imagine, we've just, you know, we've been flooded with a million last minute things to do. So we're, st yeah. we're still like, trying like to I catch said, up on, have, um, on everything. You guys have launched like 24 hours ago, not even? Yeah, well, uh, exactly. The deck's not even 24 yeah. hours ago. And um, the, the NFT marketplace earlier this week. So it's been kind of two big launches this week, really. So, uh, But yeah, yeah that's, that's a great idea. We'll definitely publish, make sure that's published in our docs. I'll make sure to take a note of that. Awesome. Um, I think the, there's two other questions and sorry, Don, did, did you want to jump in, Don? I know that I promised that you would get a chance to answer, uh, ask questions. We just got Tom up here. So I figured I'd ask a couple of ones that I had quickly before you can wait. All right. Thank you. Um, the first one was around uh, primarily the team size and, and the roles within the team. If and you don't need to answer this now, you can, if you have it on hand, otherwise uh, like just publishing something would be nice. Just a breakdown of like the roles within the team in terms of like how many are marketing, how many are like mods, how many are devs, just yeah. so we can get an understanding of like where the spend is from a, an effort perspective. Yeah, like I can go over that now if you want. Um, like I Please. can just do a kind of a brief summary, I guess. Um, so on, the, I guess on what we'd call kind of the executive team, there's there's about six of us. So there's me, there's Simon Rami, who's our CTO. Uh, there's Maz, who's CEO of Loop Ventures, but also does a lot um, for Loop Finance. Uh, there's Marcella, who's actually CEO of Loop Save, which is a product that not many people know about yet, but um, we're bringing to Latin America. She also does some work on Loop Finance. So, um, and then there's Nina as well. Um, I think most of you probably know Citrus Mimosa on, on Twitter. Um, so she's, um, sort of head of global community. So that's kind of, and then Simon Chadwick here as well. Uh, he's, um, 
sort of part of that team as well. And he's obviously heading up uh, the Eclipse Launchpad, but also does a ton of work for, for Loop Finance, as you can tell. Um, so we, even though we have multiple different products, I guess we see ourselves as a unified team. Um, you know, we just have different kind of groups working on, on different things. Um, so that's yep, kind of, sense. you know, that's kind of across the, the sort of executive level. And then on the next level down, I see a few people here already as part of that. So we have Neil here, um, Neil Sisson. He's our um, chief marketing officer. Uh, we have Silva. Um, Silva's our um, head of community. Um, and we have AJ. AJ's uh, part of our NFT team along with Jay. Uh, Jay is our like product manager on the NFT uh, marketplace, basically. Um, and then who else do we have? We have a few other mods. Um, so we've got um, I don't know, I don't know if I need to go through everyone's names. Probably is going to take a little while. No, no. there's a big I, team. I think but the executive's fine, and then on, just like a number, a headcount in like marketing, legal. Uh, mods that are paid and like devs would be perfectly fine. Exactly. So, yeah, so full-time mods, we have about, um, I think we have probably four full-time mods now. In the marketing team, there's Neil, Adam, Nick. Yeah, there's about five on the marketing team. Um, the legal team, we have about three on the legal team. Uh, the dev team is probably the largest. I think we've probably got around about 23 in total um, devs. So we have a few different dev teams. We have the NFT marketplace dev team. That's about eight. Uh, we've got the Dex dev team. Uh, that's also eight. I think I saw um, Sunny or Zishan in here a minute ago. He's, um, he's the head dev on the Dex. Um, and then we have another sort of smaller dev team, which just manages kind of the overall website and the community site and loop learn and things like that. Um, so that's probably around about, I guess there's about six in that team in total. Uh, so what's that 22? And then obviously, you know, we've got a UI designer, um, and a few other sort of peripheral people. Um, so I think that's, that's about all of them. Yeah. I, like we can literally publish this list. There's probably close to, there's over 50 full-time people in the team, I'd say. Um, people, okay. I guess, don't realize how much goes on behind the scenes and how much it actually takes to build such a large product as the one we're building. Yeah, no, so that, that's exactly the point, right? So I think um, currently, and you, you weren't here for the start of it, so please listen back to the, the kind of earlier spaces. There were a lot of good questions in there or, or very briefly kind of rehash one of the topics that we discussed, which is uh, just around transparency. Uh, and the Terra Developer Fund and its kind of primary purpose uh, was to kind of bring you know, projects and, and teams from Terra to Juno and um, you are the first product and, and team to come across. So uh, I guess we're kind of, you know, treading in the waters and kind of understanding how we want this to work. And um, there are some concerns within the community around, you know, the expenditure and, and what value we're getting for that. So um, I think uh, it would be good to understand a little bit more about how the Loop team operates and, and how you work. Um, in terms of uh, transparency on, you know, funding breakdowns within the team. And I don't want individual salaries, but like we spent X amount on marketing, X amount on legal, X amount on dev, uh, and then just a headcount. So then we can gauge um, what we see as value for money in terms of, yeah, we really appreciate and value the marketing work that you do, or we really appreciate the development work that you do as examples. Yeah, um, 100%. You know, look, I can be totally transparent. I mean, I pay myself, like, I get paid two grand a week. I mean, you know, and that's the high, the executive team, I guess, gets the highest salary, and we're all on the same salary. 
and then everywhere down to, you know, I mean, actually, no, that's not true. The devs earn more than we do. <laughs> I think some of the devs are probably on like 2300 a week or something like that. That's like the highest dev salary. And then obviously everyone is below that. I mean, you know, probably down to others, maybe like 1500 a week or something like that. So I think the salaries, I mean, if we were more, out more on Eclipse, more on Eclipse, if we were out there in the market, you know, doing what we do, we could demand like a much higher salary than obviously we're getting paid, um, paid in loop, but we're getting tokens on top of that. So, you know, I think um, that, you know, that, that obviously makes up for it. I mean, that's what we're here for. We just need to survive and then, you know, we're in it because we believe in the project. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that gives you a bit of obviously on, some, for some transparency on the salary side, happy to be open about that as well. I don't think we overpay ourselves or overpay anyone on the team. Um, and then as far as what we bring, I mean, we just airdrop to 40,000 Terra people. Um, so, you know, I don't know if all of those 40,000 people are going to come over onto Juno, but if they did, then that's a massive increase to the Juno community. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think probably there's been some people in the Juno community who are a bit upset that we didn't airdrop to to Juno people, but the, you know, the fact that we, I mean, we already did do an initial airdrop on Terra, um, quite a large airdrop on Terra. And then we have lots of obviously investors and, you know, people, members of our community who bought tokens and have been buying our tokens for the last however many months we've had the token live for. So we could not ignore those people. Um, and yeah, at the same time, we are bringing those people over onto Juno. And, and like I said, we feel like that's a, that's a, a quite a, a large number of members of community to bring over and people who will hopefully become, you know, they weren't previously Juno users. In fact, a lot of them weren't even Cosmos users. We've had to like educate people on how to install the Kepler wallets and, you know, what Cosmos actually means. Because as you all know, I mean, Terra, despite being a Cosmos chain, was not really that well connected to Cosmos due to the different wallets and, you know, a yeah. bunch of other reasons. Yeah, I understand. Um, quick one on the airdrop in particular. Uh, do you have like an airdrop claim page or are you using like Juno Mint? Uh, we use Juno Tools. So, yeah, Juno.Tools. Juno Tools, sorry. Yeah. So, just okay. go there. You can um, see the airdrop. You can see so how many have of, been claimed. And Yeah. So, I'm, I'm looking at the contract on chain at the moment, and I can see that there's like 945 executions of the airdrop, airdrop contract. Um, bit of feedback, and this might be critical. Uh, I would suggest that that's probably quite low, even for like a 24-hour window. Um, so, uh, in like I... You probably don't know me. I'm an on-chain guy. I look at contracts like 16 hours of the day. I look at transactions about that many hours of the day on Juno and other ecosystems. So um, perhaps, and this is some critical feedback, and besides being, um, uh, sorry, constructive feedback rather than being critical, uh, maybe like a, a loop airdrop page where they can like click it and it gives them like super easy instructions on how to set up a Kepler wallet where they can claim it rather than using the, uh, I want to make sure I get it right, the Juno Tools website. That way it's like branded in, uh, you know, loop on Juno as an example or something like that um, to make it, you know, so they're brand aware, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I don't think I've heard of anyone really using Juno Tools as the airdrop claim page is all. So um, maybe yeah, I, that I don't makes... how much effort's involved in that, but like I think that would be really like an on-brand thing to do where you can be like, Terra community, come here and claim your loop tokens. Here is the easy guide on setting up a Kepler wallet. Here is a one-click button on claiming your loop tokens. And then the next thing they do is go to like the loop decks to like interact with the platform, right? 
That's actually a great idea. Um, in fact, we should have done that already because we had a lot of problems with um, the Juno tools front end um, yesterday, unfortunately. I guess, you know, they weren't expecting such a large influx of users. Um, but you're right. I mean, we do have a help page on our site, which obviously tells people, you know, Simon's created a lot of videos, like how to up install a Kepler wallet and everything. Um, obviously, part of the problem as well is getting, you have to actually have Juno in that wallet, right? Like if there's no Juno mm -hmm. in the wallet, you can't actually claim your airdrop. Um, so yeah, that, that is a great idea. Um, as I said, we've had so much going on that we haven't got around yeah, to no, everything. No, and but, like, yeah. I totally get it, right? Like, again, I want to reiterate, like, first team coming in doing this stuff like i want to provide constructive feedback and uh hopefully this can be like a lesson learned for future teams um an example is like forty thousand uh users that's pretty substantial uh if you were to give them like 0.01 juno each i think that's like four thousand juno like that's a decent amount of money just to make sure that those people who decide to come over as part of their claim process maybe we execute like a small transaction amount for juno so then when they go and create their wallet, we know their terror address. We can send them a small amount of Juno. They don't need to transfer some over. They can just claim it. Mm, yeah, no, that's a great idea. And these, I'll actually, I'll chat. I'm not, I'm not saying that you guys should have thought of these things. I'm, I'm a crazy brain who kind of no, thinks no, of this we, shit we on the fly. We, <laughs> we should have thought of it. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all we, about like the, the goal is to like make it as easy as possible for uh, people coming from terror into Juno, which is the primary goal, right? to use the products on Juno uh, and Loop uh, to make that process as easy as possible. So uh, things like super easy airdrop claim pages where we go, boom, we come in, uh, here is your Loop airdrop claim. Uh, do you have a Kepler wallet? No, here is the easy video that Simon's presented for us. You can watch it embedded inside the video. They can do the steps inside the same page. They set it up, they click claim. In that claim process, we can go, cool, they want to claim it. We give them a little bit of Juno and their Loop tokens. I don't know how that would work technically. I'm sure there's probably some devs sitting in the background saying, shut up, Shane, you can't actually do that. But that would be ideal, right? Um, super simple and easy um, in the future. No, 100%. Um, in fact, I'll chat to the devs about it this week and see how we probably can actually fork the, um, the Juno tools front end and just, you know, skin it, reskin it differently and host it ourselves. It shouldn't be too much of a big deal. So I'll definitely have a chat to them and um, yeah. see if that's no, no, a possibility. And, you know, if we can do that, all the better for the remaining, you know, 39,000 users. That would be incredible. Um, yeah, no, to absolutely. To make that process super simple, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, we want to bring across as many users as absolutely possible. In fact, we might even be able to use AuthC or something to actually pay the funds, as you said, you know, to pay the Juno transaction fee so they don't even have to do that. I think there's a faucet actually that people can use. So maybe we just there direct is, yeah. them to the faucet so they can get a little bit of Juno. And yep. yeah, th that's a great idea. Thanks. Little things like that I think will help. Um, I, might, I might leave it there. There is a question around tribe. Um, but I think it's, uh, I'm happy to kind of DM you about that. And then I will convey that out to the community, unless you're happy to talk about tribe. I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. If there's questions cool. about it. I feel it. like that was a pretty positive conversation. So I'd hate to kind of leave it and hand over to questions on, on tribe if you, but let's, yeah, we're, we're here um, now. So let's go. Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, well, the main question is, I, I don't have a whole lot of background on tribe. I know that tribe was like version one of loop. Um, so you just want to kind of maybe give us a brief rundown of what Tribe was and how Tribe ended up on uh, to uh, shifting to kind of loop uh, on from EOS to Terra? Yeah, exactly. So Tribe, we built it back in 2018. Um, so some of actually some of the devs who work um, 
Boris Unloop, was, have been with us since then. Um, so it was a project on EOS. It was basically a, the idea of that was it was just a content, like a tokenized content community. So people could create educational content and they'd get rewarded for it in tokens. Um, there was a tribe token at the time. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype around EOS at the time, which was great. <laughs> um, but then that quickly died down. Unfortunately, Block One like didn't really support any projects on EOS and no one could get any funding and it was the bear market and, you know, it was a bad time. Um, it was a bad time to be building, but it was great because we learned like a shit ton about building, you know, blockchain products. Um, so eventually we moved to Terra. Um, that was through a discussion that I had with the infamous Doe um, at the time. Uh, this was before anyone was really building on Terra and, you know, Terra didn't really have any apps on it. So I don't even think um, Mirror or Anchor were live at that point. Um, and I reached out to him and I was like, hey, we're interested in building because what we learned from Tribe was that Content is great, you know, education is wonderful, but no one wants to pay for it. Um, so it's really hard to like create a revenue stream um, or have any value accrual to the token. So obviously the token price just kind of, and it was a bear market. So, you know, token prices were going down across the board. Um, so we realized, okay, we have to build a product now which actually drives revenue. We can still keep creating content, which we do to this day. Um, you know, but we need to have a revenue engine behind that content. Um, otherwise, our token's never going to accrue any value. Um, so we decided like DeFi was kind of becoming the rage and um, we decided to build a DEX and Terra was obviously an up and coming chain. Like I loved, at the time, I loved the tokenomics. <laughs> Looking back, I guess. Uh, well, that was a hard learned lesson. Um, but yeah, so we decided to, you know, Doe was really positive. We got a lot of support from TFL at the time um, and a lot of investors um, came in and were interested in supporting us. Uh, so we, we decided to build out the DEX, which was our first product. Um, and that was really it. Yeah, we just transitioned everyone, like all of those initial tribe own, like the people who own the tribe token or investors in tribe, early investors in tribe, we transitioned them over um, onto a new token on Terra, which was a Loop R token. Um, look, we didn't, we probably didn't handle it as well as we should have. It was probably not like a great transition. We made a little bit of a, an error in our judgment in terms of the value of the Loop R token compared to the Loop token. We got a lot of shit for it. It was, it was a hard learned lesson, but anyway, you know, you've got to, you're always going to learn lessons in a new industry. Um, so yeah, that was it. And that, that's still like, we still have that content community to this day. You know, it's what the community on, on loop is, uh, people still create content. We actually still have writers from who have been writing with us since the tribe days. So we did bring a lot of members with us, um, since then. So I think, yeah, that's pretty much the story. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was part one of the two part Q and a with loop finance hosted by Rama. Recorded on Saturday, August 20th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. In the darkest of times, when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus, open the sarcophagus and release the virus. Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis. When the flags go up like everyone is righteous, spending government checks, sniffing up the white dust. The previous generation wants to be just like us. Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was. Drop the bias and you might survive this. The mummy coming through to remind your highness. I might just buy up my own fucking island, build a little 
bunker, then wait for the timer. Countdown to zero, day exploiting. Every exploit in your internet sex toys and emitting vibrations through the ether. Did you just come? Me either. We're lost at the right time Blindly following stars in the night sky Part of me might ride away with the prize fight Man versus everything else until the time's right Unleash the cracking. No wait, that was crack Fuck now, everybody feeling all amped up Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem Ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm Mishandling the captions Who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape And the boring template Like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested That the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic And so if your oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks, if you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the, the patient. Two spaces.